Chapter 4 of Babu Jabberjee B.A. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Cartwright. Babu Jabberjee B.A. by F. Anstey. Chapter 4 Containing Mr. Jabberjee's Impressions at the Old Masters. I have the honour to report that the Phantom of Delight has recently recommenced to dance before me. Miss Gemmamina Mankletoe, the perfumed, moony-faced daughter of the gracious and eagle-eyed goddess who presides over the select boarding establishment in which I am resident member, has of late emerged from the shell of superciliousness and brought the beaming eye of encouragement to bear upon my diffidence and humility. This I partly attribute to general impression, which I do not condescend to deny, that, at home, I occupy the social status of a Raja, or some analogous kind of big native pot. So, on a recent Saturday afternoon, she invited me to escort her, and a similar young virginal lady friend, by name Miss Priscilla Primit, to Burlington House Piccadilly, and as Prince Hamlet appositely remarks, look here upon this picture and on this, which I joyfully accepted, being head over heels in love with art, and the possessor of two magnificent coloured photolithographs, representing a steeplechase in the act of jumping a trench, and a water nymph in the very décolleté undress of puris naturalibus, weltering on a rushy bed. We proceeded thither upon the giddy summit of a royal oak omnibus, and on arriving in the vestibulum were peremptorily commanded to undergo total abstinence from our umbrellas. Being accompanied by the span-new silken affair with the golden head, which, as I have narrated supra, I was so lucky to obtain promiscuously after witnessing the Adelphi of the Westminster College boys, I naturally protested vehemently against such arbitrary and tyrannical regulations, urging the risk of my unprotected umbrella being feloniously abducted during unavoidable absence by some unprincipled and illegitimate claimant. But alack! I was confronted with the official ultimatum and sine qua non, and have subsequently learned that the cause of this self-denying ordinance is due to the uncontrollable enthusiasm of British public for works of art, which leads them to signify approbation by puncturing innumerable orifices by dint of stinks or umbrellas in the process of pointing out titbits of painting, and on account of the detrimental influence on the marketable value of pictures thus distinguished by the plerophory of the vox populi. Nevertheless, my heart was oppressed with many misgivings at having to hand over three hostage umbrellas, one being masculine and two feminine gender, and receiving nothing in exchange but a wooden medallion of no intrinsic worth, bearing the utterly disproportionate number of over one thousand. Next, after, at Miss Jessimina's bidding, having purchased a sixpenny index, we ascended the staircase, and, on shelling out three shillings cash payment, were consecutively squeezed through a restricted wicket, as if needles going through the eye of a camel. 
I will vouchsafe to aver that my interior sensations on penetrating the first gallery were those of acute and indignant disappointment, for it will be credited that a working majority of the exhibits were second or even third and fourth hand mechanisms of an unparagoned dignitude, and fit only for the lumbering room. Perhaps I shall be told that this wintry exhibition is a mere stopgap and makeshift until a fresh supply of bright new paintings can be procured, and that it is ultra vires to obtain such for love or money before the merry month of May. Still, I must persist in denouncing the penny wisdom and pound foolery of the academicals in foisting off upon the public such ancient and fish-like articles that have long ceased to be bon ton and in the fashion, since it is undeniable that many are over fifty years and some several centuries behind the times. It is to be hoped that these parsimonious misters will soon recognise that it is not possible for modern up-to-date art to be fluorescent under this retrograde and fossilised system, and be warned that such untradesmanlike goings-on will deservedly forfeit the confidence and patronage of their most fastidious customers. Miss Jessimina remarked more than once that such and such a picture was not in her taste, and she would never have chosen it personally, while Miss Primmett declared that she would not have had her likeness taken by Honourable Sir Josh Gainsborough or Mrs. Velaskian Van Dyck, not even if they implored her on their bended marrow-bones, and that, as for a certain individual effeminately named Etty, it was a wonderment to her how respectable people could stand in front of such brazen performances. These remarks are trivial, perhaps, but even straws will serve as cocks of the weather on occasions, and, moreover, I shall certify that the most general tone was of a critical and disapproving severity, and it was quite evident that the greater proportion of the spectators could have done the job better themselves. A certain Mr. Turner came in for the Benjamin's mess of obloquy, having represented Pluto, the god of wealth, in the act of carrying off a female preserpine, but the figure so Lilliputian and in such a disproportionate expansion of confused sceneries that the elopement produced but a very paltry impression. The slipshod carelessness of this painter may be realised from the fact that, in a composition styled Blue Lights to Warm Steamboats Off Shoal Water, the blue lights are conspicuous by their total absence, and the mistiness of the atmospherical conditions renders it difficult to distinguish either the steamers or the shoals with even tolerable accuracy. In the ulterior room were sundry productions from Umbrian and Milanese and other schools, such being presumptively the teaching establishments, over which Honourable Reynolds and Turner and Groisy and Co. predominated as old masters. But surely it is unfair, and like seething a kid in the maternal nutriment, to class such crude and hobbardyhoy performances with works by more senile hands. Here I observed a painting to illustrate scenes in the life of an important celebrity, who was childishly represented many times over, having separate adventures in the space of a few square feet, and of a Brobdignacian bulkiness compared to his perspective surroundings. Had this been the work of an Indian artist, Native gentlemen out there would simply have smiled pitiably at such ignorance, and given him the gentle admonishment that he was only to make a fool of himself for his pains. 
There was also a picture of a diptych, in two portions, with a background of gilt, but the figure of the diptych himself very poorly represented as an anatomy. Where all is so, so-so, and below par, it is perhaps invidious to single out any for honourable mention. But loyalty as a British subject obliges me to speak favourably of a concern lent by Her Majesty the Queen, and representing a bombastical youth engaged in a snip-snap with a meek and inoffensive schoolfellow who supports himself on one leg and is occupied in sheltering his nose behind his arm until his widowed and aged mother can arrive to rescue her beloved offspring from his grave crisis. This at least can be commended as being true to nature, as I can attest from personal experience of similar boyish loggerheads, although, owing to preserving my sang-froid, I was generally able to remove myself with phenomenal rapidity from vicinity of shocking kicks by my truculent assailant. Let me not omit to mention a painting of Policinelle by a Gallic artist, which Miss Primitt said was the French equivalent to Punch, at which, speaking loudly for the instruction of bystanders, I assured them, as one familiarly connected with Honourable Punch, who regarded me as a son, such a portrait was the very antipode to his majestic lineaments, nor was it reasonable to suppose that he would allow his counterfeit presentment to be depicted in the undignified garbage of a buffoon. I trust that I may be gratefully remembered by my liege lord, and that he will be gracious enough to entertain me favourably with something in the shape of a prize or bonus, in reward for such open testimony as the above. I have only to add that the custodian preserved the inviolability of our umbrellas with honourable fidelity, and that we moistened the drooping clay of our internal tenements at an aerated tea company with a profusion of confectionaries, for which my fair friends, with amiable blandness, permitted me the privilege of forking out. End of chapter 4